You're listening to the Weekly Parsha Podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramat Beit Shemesh Yisrael, 5784-2024. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Beshalach. The Jewish people are sent out of Egypt. The children of Israel are saved from the deep oppression that they experienced in Egypt as slaves. And as they leave, Paro, Pharaoh, the great leader of Egypt, realizes that they are escaping. He didn't intend that they would leave permanently. But they are escaping. So he runs after them with his most powerful uh, Rechavim, his most powerful chariots, his most powerful men. And the great miracle occurs. Hashem instructs Moshe Rabbeinu to raise up his hand and the waters split. The Jewish people walk in on dry land and ultimately the Egyptians follow after them. The Jews are saved and the Egyptians are killed. They fall. I'd like to share with you a medrash which speaks at this point in the in the story, in the history of the Jewish people. And we're going to compare and contrast the the Egyptian way of being in the world which is, we could call, a secular way of being in the world, which the Western civilization espouses, and the Jewish way of being in the world, the the way that our Torah guides us and encourages us to act. After Hashem instructs Moshe Rabbeinu to have the Jewish people walk through the water, and indeed, dry land, it's on dry land that they walk. So, Hashem tells Moshe to raise his hand again, to allow the water to go back to its normal way of being, and that's what happens. The Jewish people exit, or we'll, we'll see exactly how they get out, but they exit the, the water, and the Egyptians are, the Egyptians are, are drowned in the water. Hado dichsev. Says the Medrash, we have a Pasuk and Shirashim in the Song of Songs. We were grabbed by foxes, little foxes, says the verse. Pasuk is talking about the Jewish people, and it says how we were grabbed by foxes. What does this mean? We find that when the Torah wants to give us a mushal, an analogy, for the the different rulerships, the different um, civilizations under which we would find ourselves beholden. So it gives a mashal, it gives an analogy to different animals. Shenemar, Arbachevan, Rav, Ravon, Sulkan, and Yama. Very large animals, four large animals came out of the sea, says the says the Navi, says the prophet Daniel. Chapter 7, verse 3. So, the analogy of each of these mamlachas, of these, each of these kingdoms, these civilizations that we became subservient to, the Jewish people became subservient to, they're represented by animals, large animals. But when we want to give a representation of the Egyptians, the Egyptian exile is a different kind of exile. Egyptians are compared to foxes, not large animals. 
What is the idea? So the first explanation, So it's, the first explanation is that there is a description here of the different exiles that we went through, the, the ones to whom we were beholden. So the later exiles, the Malchus, the, the, the kingdoms that we, we were exiled to or under were greater. Egypt was just considered a little fox. We find, Buzik says, Ezekiel prophecies that ultimately Egypt will become very lowly in comparison to all the other countries, all the other uh, great empires. So that's the first explanation. Okay, hold on here. Hold on to your hats. Hold on to your seats. Amar Rebelazar Reb Shimon. Rebelazar, the son of Reb Shimon Bar Yechai, says, The reason that they were, uh, the, the analogy is of Egyptians to foxes is because of the fact that a fox is very smart, right? We, when we want to say in English that someone was outsmarted, they were outfoxed. Right, a fox is a smart animal. The Egyptians were also very crafty. When we look at a fox, as it's escaping from its enemies, so it looks behind them and it wants to make sure that it's safe. It's always looking out for itself. The Egyptians also were very crafty. They were very worried. They were worried about their survival. They said, about the Jewish people, they said, we have to watch out for this very powerful nation that's growing in our midst. We can't allow them to become stronger. So the Egyptians hatched a plan. They were crafty, they were smart. They wanted to outfox the Jewish people and to outfox God, as it were. First of all, they said, let's wisely cause them to become our slaves. But not just are they going to be our slaves, as we'll see the Medrash continues, but they're going to be, we're going to cause them damage. We have to, we have to kill their babies, right? That's what the Egyptians did. They took the Jewish babies and they threw them into the water. They threw them into the Nile. The question is, why did they choose the Nile? Why didn't they kill them a different way? So this was their cheshbon. This was how how they made a cheshbon. This is how they uh, calculated the issue. They were worried that whatever they do to cause damage to the Jewish people, to the Israelites, it will come back on them. Hashem, everybody knows, God judges people, mida keneged mida, measure for measure. So they said like this, if let's say, the way that we kill the children is by using a sword, God can measure for measure, bring upon us the sword. War will come into our into our country. If we burn the children, so then he could bring fire upon us. They said, we know that Hashem has made an oath that He won't bring 
a deluge onto the world. You did it already in the times of Noah, but it's not going to happen again. Since we know that God made this promise about, about water, not punishing the world with water, so let's throw them into the water. This way, we'll be protected from God's measure-for-measure measure punishment. Okay, so they were very crafty. They were very fox-like. God says to them, you evil, wicked people, That's true. I promised that I wouldn't bring a deluge to the world. Of a maselachem, you know what I'm going to do for you. And he may be eschem lamabul. Instead of me bringing the deluge to you, I'm going to bring you to the deluge. And he may be eschem lamabul. I'll call echad echad. And he goyre roy lamabuloi. Every single individual. First of all, I'm going to bring you to the deluge. I'm going to bring you to the sea, where the Jewish people walk through on dry land. And you will be drowned there, but I won't have brought the punishment to you. You will have been brought to the punishment. That's number one. And number two, each and every individual will get what he deserves. There will be the measure for measure. Perhaps you could say, it's true, Hashem promised that He wouldn't bring a mobble, He wouldn't punish with water the whole world. But who says that He can't do that for individual nation or individual person? So the Egyptians were very smart. They were trying to outsmart God. But they were the ones who were outsmarted. Pesach says in Tehillim in Psalms, chapter 63, verse 11, they will be, the, the sword will be mitgare. They will be threatened by the sword. And they will have the portion of a fox. Eloha Mitzrayim. This pasuk refers to the Egyptians, Harishayim, who were wicked. Hashem dragged them to the sword of the sea. He used the sea as his sword. What is this portion of the foxes that they will have? This final Makkah, you know, if we look at the hierarchy of the Egyptian people, so there was the king, Pharaoh, there were his officers, his advisors, there were Zikanim, maybe elders, and there were different levels. It was a caste system. Now who are the ones that had originally said, let's, let's get the Jews, let's, let's uh, have this plan with them. Who were the ones that was making this whole calculation? It was the higher-ups. It was Pharaoh and those who were his advisors. So Hashem, when he brought the Eser Makkah, says the Medrash, when he brought the ten plagues, so he didn't give the plague, he didn't bring the plague upon those advisors yet. Because he was waiting. He was waiting to give them, you were crafty? You were f- trying to outfox me, as it were, God says. I will, I will show you the craft, the, my craftiness, how I can bring, excuse me, how I can bring 
measure for measure, exactly what you tried to escape. You will have your judgment. You will have the final, the final verdict will be drawn upon you and you will have that punishment. So they didn't get punished, meaning they weren't brought down by the first ten makas, by the first ten plagues, but there they died. It was saved for them. The best was saved for last, so to speak. Rav Brech points out that the Pasuk in Shirashim says the word Shualim twice. It says, We were seized by foxes, Shualim Kutanim, small foxes. So it says the word foxes twice. And if you look at the word, Shualim is written two different ways. One is with a Vav and one is without a Vav. So whenever we have, whenever you have an extra letter or a missing letter, so it's there for us to try to understand why the Torah left it out. Says Rebrechia, the first one is has an extra vav, and the second one is missing an extra vav. Because if you read the word shu'alim without a vav, you can also read it as sha'aloi, which means the the deluge of the of the sea. So they acted as foxes, and they were deluged. That's another way to read the word fox. Can also be read as a as a mabul. Okay, so the Medrash goes on to say how they were trying to save their babies and how the Egyptians would bring another baby in there, cause the baby to cry, the baby the, the baby that was hidden, the Jewish baby that was hidden would cry also, and they would snatch the baby, throw him into the sea. So the Medrash finishes off. Amar makira ata. The Medjush tells us at the end of this piece that HaKadosh Baruch Hu God judged and this was a powerful uh, statement to the world something that Yisro recognized God judges measure for measure and shows that if you do a certain thing wrong in the punishment you'll see what it was that was done wrong originally. Hashem indeed, they acted in a crafty way, and they killed the babies in the water. HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought their punishment upon them in a crafty way, and killed them with water. So that's Egypt. That's how Egypt does things. Egypt tries to guarantee its survival, Guarantee that the Jewish people won't come and rebel against them, join their enemies. How do they guarantee their survival? With a with a trick, with a plan. Kill the babies. What does Hashem show the Egyptians? It ain't gonna work. You can't guarantee your survival. You can't try to squash the Jewish people because you want to survive, because you want something. Other way around. The, the result of what you've done, the result of your attempted means of survival will be the downfall and the cause of your lack of survival. Davar Acher Yeshua Hamayim says the next piece in the Medrash, 
the, the Pasuk says the water is going to go back. Right? Hashem made a miracle. The water split. Jewish people walk through on dry land. Egyptians follow after them. Now we need the water to go back to the way it was. And Hashem instructs Moshe to raise his staff in order to do that. Yechanan says, you know, the the last straggler of the Jewish people got out of the water, and then the Egyptians were still in the water, and the water came back, rushing back upon the Egyptians, and they all died. That's Rabbi Yechanan. Jews were out, Egyptians were still in, Hence the result. Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish Aimer, Rish Lakish, who always argues out on Rabbi Yechanan, they were good friends. Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish says, no, that's not what happened. If you read the Psukim carefully, it doesn't sound, it sounds like the Egyptians are still in there as they're dying and the Jews are also still in the water. The Jews did not get out of the water. Rish Lakish says, Al elu ve'elu ninal ham hayam mi'abaruchaisov. They were both locked into the... The Jewish people and the Egyptians were both locked into the water from four sides. The Jews were in the water. The water was about to come crashing back. Egyptians are still in the water. Amar Maisha, or in the area of the, where the water is going to, to return. Amar Maisha, Yisrael. So Moses says to God, he says, what, what, what are we going to do? <laughs> the water is surrounding us on all sides. How are we going to get out of here? God says, don't worry, you don't need anything. I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to make a miracle. HaKadosh Baruch Hu did a miracle. Maybe you didn't hear about this. I don't remember hearing about this before reading this Medrash. The Jewish people didn't just walk out of the sea. The Jewish people were raised up in a miraculous way from the sea. It surrounded them too. The water seemed like it was going to to destroy them as well. There was, there was metach. There was suspense till the last second. But Derech in a miraculous way, the Jewish people were raised up out of the sea. Shenemar, as the Pesach says in Tehillim, in Psalms, chapter 18, verse 17, God will send down from above. He will take me. He will touch me. He will, he will save me from the great waters. So, the water comes crashing down. The Jews are like, ah! Jewish people are miraculously lifted up above the water. Miraculously brought out to dry land while the Egyptians, or maybe even they're watching, maybe they're watching what's going on beneath them. The Egyptians are killed by the water. Says Rabbi Avo, beautiful analogy. And with this analogy, we start to get the difference between who who are the Jews, who are the the Bnei Israel, the children of Israel, and who are the Egyptians and their ilk. 
It's an analogy to somebody who saw the soldiers coming, the enemy soldiers. The the they they were coming. His son was with him. He was holding his son. So what does he do? He needs to protect his son. He needs to protect himself. He grabs his son. He picks up his son with one hand, and and uses his other hand, he's holding his, his son here on this side, and he is holding a sword in the other hand, and he's killing all of the enemy soldiers. So his son says to his father, Hashem, right, it's the Jewish people really, Hashem is holding us with one hand and fighting our enemies with the other hand. Right? Uh, so, so we say to Hashem, the child says to the father, you shouldn't be lacking anything with your hands. One hand should continue to have the power to hold me and your other hand, he's praying, your other hand should have the ability to be strong and fight against the enemies. The people of Israel said to God as well, these two hands that you are using, they should powerfully protect, and they should powerfully fight our enemies. One hand that God used, it's the same, it's really two, is it the same hand or not? So, <laughs> the Medrash discusses, uh, the Mepharshim discuss that the Rachamim, right, typically in Kabbalah when we speak about the right hand or the left hand, the right hand is God's Rachamim, His compassion. The left hand is God's Gevura, His withholding of compassion, His holding back. But here, the Mepharshim explained that His left hand turned into a right hand. So He had two right hands. And the Rachamim of God upon the Jewish people, the compassion that God had for us, was that which caused the downfall of the Egyptians. That's how Hashem does things. Right? When God wants to have Rachamim, He wants to have Rachmanus on the Jewish people, so he protects us with his compassion and he destroys our enemies with his compassion. Pazik says, Your right hand is so powerful, God. Your right hand destroys our enemies. So look, let's, let's look for a moment and think about the, the difference between how God interacts with us and takes care of us and God interacts and, and takes care of, so to speak, the Egyptians. The Egyptians are busy saying, how are we going to ensure a survival? How are we going to ensure that everything will be the way we want it to be? Our enemies won't come up against us. They have all these plans. God foils their plans, and God destroys them. What is with the Jewish people? We go into the water. I'm saying there's no better example of no plan right go in the water what, what are you going to do there just go the Jewish people get in there and not only that they're surrounded on all sides according to Rish Lakish by water where do we go Moshe Rabbeinu says what should we do Hashem says there's nothing to do I've got you I've got you there's going to be miracles here don't be worried 
to the same hand which is coming now to destroy the Egyptians and show them that all of their plans were for nothing. That all of their outlook and all of their belief system about how I need to guarantee my future, guarantee my future. That's how the the Western civilization, what they're trying to do, so to speak, which all these guarantees are going to fall on their faces. And the Jewish people who are surrounded on all sides. Think about it. The Jewish people, the land of Israel, surrounded on all sides, from the north, from the south, from the from the east, the west, everywhere you go, they want to destroy us. The Arabs want to want to destroy us. They want to take back what they call their land. But what do we do? We're trapped from all sides. We depend on Hashem. We are the child that God is holding. With one hand, He's holding us, and with one hand, He's destroying our enemies. And sometimes Hashem does it in a way that's very clear that it's Him, and sometimes Hashem does it as He's doing today through us. But we must never forget the difference between us and them. We don't guarantee our future. We are guaranteed our future only by HaKadosh Baruch only by God. And to the degree that we depend on Him, depend on His miracles, depend on the very water that Hashem split. Think about this, think about this. The very water that Hashem split. God opened up a channel within the water of the, the Nile, and I would say it's a marshal, it's an analogy for Hashem, opened up this space in the middle of all the Arab lands, part of the seas in our holy land of Israel. And here we are walking through the sea today and the waters are threatening to deluge us. But really, that's not it. All of the deluge is saved for all of those who planned with their crafty plans. Think Iran, think think Hezbollah, think of Houthis and, and Hamas, Nikim. think of all these people. They're all plan, all their plans, all their plans to guarantee their future, their view, version of the future. Their plans fall on their own heads. The water crashes down on them. And the Jewish people walk through on dry land. And in the moment of the greatest danger, the Jewish people are raised up above the water. And that's what we're experiencing today. And that's what we experience them. And this is what the Jewish people looks like in the moment of Geula, of redemption. We're experiencing a national redemption at this time. Yes, we are experiencing a national redemption at this time. And it's it's so important to open our eyes and see. It was in those times. It's also in our times. I want to bless you, and I ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us to be able to have the fortitude to withstand the crazy situation, the water on all sides. Hashem should help us that we should be able to get through to the other side be able to travel straight to the promised land where we rebuild our temple speedily and in our days. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.